My story starts a bit like a weather chart, full of highs and lows. Mad, misfit, mercenary or missionary. She said to me, you are lucky. Our friends held us up as the perfect odd couple. I knew this guy was the devil. I had goosebumps running all down my body. And that was the point. That was the moment. Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Spun, a live storytelling night from the tropics of Darwin in Australia's Northern Territory. I'm Jess Ong. The idea for Spun came to life in late 2014 on a Darwin veranda. It was a stinker of an afternoon, so sweat was running down our elbows. It all came together because we've got some lively characters here in the top end, but through Spun, we wanted to bust some stereotypes. I'm sure you're aware of some of them that exist around about the Territory, that there's crocs roaming everywhere, that, I don't know, we kick around drinking beer all day and that it's almost always bush week, that those who come to the Territory are either missionaries, mercenaries or madmen. Oh, and there's the wild headlines of the NT News. So with Spun, we aim to shine a light on the unexpected lives and stories of everyday Territorians who are quietly going about their business. Our first event in March 2015 saw the audience crammed into and spilling out of the venue. And when we saw this, we knew we had to get the stories of those who make up this rich, colourful community out there. And after just speaking about Darwin's stereotypes, this story, which is the last one for season five of our podcast, is about one of our most well-known stereotypes. Chris Keeping is a born and bred Darwinite, and what you're about to hear is a spine-tingling, heart-in-mouth story about Chris's encounter with one of nature's most aggressive animals. G'day guys. Well, the morning started out like any other morning. I got down to the beach. The wind was steady and strong. The tide was right out though, as lowest as the lowest point could be. But I was excited and I wanted to get in. So I got my kite and I blew it up and I got it in the sky and I had a quick look around and I jumped straight in. I'd been out there for about two hours, cruising around, seeing nothing at all crashing a lot because I'm still learning. I crashed one too many times in a spot that was not a good place to be. I was a lot further off the beach than I normally would be. I looked into the surf and I was at least four meters deep. I couldn't stand sort of looking around. It's always in the back of your head that something's going to happen, but it never does. I had my right arm up, pulling on my kite strings, trying to get my kite to relaunch and out of the corner of my eye, I got hit. Left, right, left, right, swinging. I knew straight away what had happened. I knew a croc had got me. Just as suddenly as the shaking had started, it stopped. I was limp with fear, paralyzed and not moving. It was the first time I actually got to have a look at him. He'd pinned my right arm down on my chest, on my right side, and he had me in his mouth. I slowly slid my left hand up onto his snout, trying not to spook him and just placing it to brace myself for the next shake or maybe even my last breath as he pulls me under. But he didn't. 
So I slowly twisted my head so as not to spook him, to get a better look at him. And I looked down his back towards his tail and seeing that he was over two metres and he was bigger than me. Quickly looking around with my eyes, trying not to move my head, I realised there was no one out there. No one could see me. There was no one come to get me. I instantly thought this was it. This is how I'm dying. This is how I'm going out. As I started looking back down towards his snout, our eyes locked for the first time. He was blinking at me as the water ran over the top of his head. Talking to myself, I thought, well, I can't open your mouth. You're way too powerful, so I'm just going to stick my finger in your eye and see how that goes. <laughs> so, trying not to spook him, I slid my hand up his face, trying not to look at him. And as soon as I felt the eyeball popping in and out of his head, I shoved my right, uh, my left hand index finger as hard as I could into his eye socket and he dropped me quick, didn't even feel him let me go and he spun around and he smacked me straight with his tail. I spun around as quick as I could and I took my board off my feet because he come charging back in like a train and I didn't want him to grab my hands and as soon as he got within striking distance. I hit him as hard as I could like a machine gun, like bang, 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 bang with the board, just trying to hit him as hard as I could. And for the first time his head twisted and he spun off straight in the direction that he come in at me. I quickly turned my head and looked at the beach line and realised I was more than 100 metres away from the beach. And quickly looked back, backpedalling, as he came back in charging. And in my head I thought, there is no way I'm going back to the beach. He's going to dive. He's going to take me under. But if he's going to take me, <laughs> if I'm going to die, I'm going to give him as much grief as I possibly can. So he came back in again, and I hit him, and I hit him, and I hit him as hard as I can repeatedly. And he kept twisting back out, swimming back towards the ocean, and then 180 in and coming in at half speed, speeding up to try and strike into me. The first time my feet hit the sand as I was backpedalling, my heart skipped a beat. There was nothing much I could do but just keep backing up and keep hitting him as he come in at me. He come at me at least five or six times. From shoulder deep to waist deep wasn't long at all, standing there. He come back in for the final time and stopped about a metre and a half off me and sank into the surf. The sand was stirred up so I couldn't see anything which instantly sent me into a panic. I started throwing the board into the surf left and right thinking that he was going to come from underneath me and he was going to grab my feet or he was going to grab my waist or he was going to circle around and grab me. I was backing up as fast as I could but I didn't want to lose my footing, I didn't want to fall over. And then I realised I was still attached to my kite and it was pulling me back into the surf so I punched out on my safety line and got onto the beach. I stood about a metre off the water running across the sand expecting him to dart out of the ocean and try and have a go on land but he never did. As fast as he hit me he disappeared into the waves. I don't know why he didn't take me under. I don't know why he didn't grab my head or my neck but now I know you take away our guns and our boats you take away everything that we've built and you're on a fair playing field. We ain't nothing.
we're at the top of the food chain. They're them, and we're us. But that's their home, and we've got to respect that. Pretty remarkable, hey? You can take a breath now. Chris shared his story at our second Spun event way back in 2015, and he's determined not to let this encounter affect his love of the ocean. So this is the last episode for Season 5 of our podcast, and what a story to end on. Thanks for hanging out and traversing trails of the Northern Territory with us. We're now in the thick of the build-up, which means that things are starting to slow down. And we wait for the dark clouds to burst open, all while sucking down cold mangoes while maybe dodging the ones fermenting on the street, which are a heady meal for the fruit bats. And we might be running in and out of the pool to cool the heart and brain down at the same time. If you want to stay in the spun loop, and we would really love you to, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. We also send out the occasional newsletter with no spam because we are a little bit too lazy for that. You can sign up on our website, spunstories.net. In this episode, Tamara Howie was behind story production. It featured sound editing by Rosa Ellen, sound production by Gaya Osborne, and music by Lajlo Hassani. A big thanks to Darwin International Airport for their ongoing funding support, which sees our podcast make its way right into your ears. If you've spent some time in the Top End, you might know the traditional custodians of the Darwin region are the Larrakia people. We're grateful to them as first storytellers and for welcoming us to their country. My name's Jessong. Thanks for listening to another season of the Spun Stories podcast. We'll be back. <laughs>